Welcome to Cordell and Cordell's Men's Divorce Podcast, moderated by managing partner and CEO Scott Trout, bringing you information for guys before, during, and after divorce, and everything related to family law. This podcast is not to be taken as legal advice, and no attorney-client relationship is established. Hey, welcome back to the Cordell and Cordell Men's Divorce Podcast. I'm Scott Trout, Managing Partner and CEO of Cordell and Cordell, and we want to bring you information, things that you can use to bring to a consultation or have a discussion with your attorney. As always, we can't give you legal advice, but in this topic, I think we can give you some advice. It's about what to wear, what should you wear, what shouldn't you wear, what should you look like in court. So we're actually not going to talk about the legal stuff. We're going to talk about the strategy of what you should be doing. And I was a little bit self-conscious because now I'm thinking, what am I wearing? Should I be thinking about the right stuff? I had a client yesterday. I was just telling Christine Serrano on the uh, off camera that I had a client ask me this question. What should I wear? So it's a great topic. Uh, Welcome back to the podcast. So what should you wear? That's really the importance of it. I guess the question is, Christina, is as you think through it, um, it is an important topic. It is something that you should ask your attorney about, because I know you said off camera, it's funny that some attorneys don't even talk about this. And I think it is important, maybe just to open as to why is it important to talk about what you look like, what you wear, how you behave, or what is it, you know, physically what you're wearing and grooming. We're going to talk all about that. Why is it important? Well, I think it's important because, um, as you know, appearance is everything. Um, and a lot of times your appearance can create subconscious bias um, against you, unfortunately. And a lot of times when people think about going to court or having a hearing, they think, oh, I need to get a suit. I need to be very put together and, you know, show strength and power. But when we're dealing with a family law case, that's not what you want. This isn't a criminal case. This isn't a a different type of civil case. In fact, you want the exact opposite of that look of power. You want to look more, more fatherly, especially when you're dealing with Fam uh, with children issues, you want to look more about uh, relaying warmth, caring, mm-hmm. um, more softer side of you is what we would want the court to see. And so, I always tell my clients to think about a fatherly figure that you can think of in the movies or on TV. I always like to use Mister Rogers as an example, or Uncle Phil from The Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I think that if you think about them and you think about what they put present and what they relay through their attire is warmth, caring, loving. And so that's ultimately what you would want to relay to the court when you're dealing with a family law matter. It's so true. I mean, it is, our job is storytelling. I'd like to say it that way. And it's about appearance and presentation. I have said that for, for 25 to 30 years, representing guys is about appearance and presentation. You know, how do you look? How do you sound? What do you do? Because I always use this story. 20 years ago, I had a client and the issue was spousal support and a modification. And they were trying to portray our client as super wealthy. He was. um, And that this amount was what they referred to as a pimple on an element. And it was. (laughs) So we were trying to downplay our client's wealth, not making it a central topic, but we didn't want it to be a focus because I said to the client, look, the judge doesn't make nearly as much as you do, not even close. And so the judge is going to look 
down upon you in terms of, you know, are you snobbish? Do you think you have too much money? And so let's try to downplay, not, you know, over downplay, not coming in in sweats, you know, and, and look you know, like that, but let's just look normal. Like you said, Mr. Rogers, um, uncle Phil, but what does he do? He comes in, in like high end fashion and he's reading a magazine during the trial of private aviation. And I know the judge saw it and it just set the tone. So, I mean, it's an example where we're talking about, you know, what you look like, but it is, it's about appearance and how do you present and you want the judge to like you. I mean, and so those like Mr. Rogers, Uncle Phil, you actually like the characters. Uh, and so I think regardless of the topic there, you can, you know, I guess kind of connect with their, their appearance and you want to maybe feel, you feel comfortable with it, as you say. So, but not just how you look grooming, that's important, right? Uh, grooming your hair. I had a client one time it looked completely disheveled. He did it intentionally because it was a modification of maintenance and he wanted to look like he was, had no money and almost homeless, but grooming is important, right? Well, I think it's very important. I think it actually, when you're talking about grooming, if you go into the court and you look disheveled, it's probably going to have more of an appearance that you are not taking this seriously. And so when it comes to grooming, you want to make sure that your hair is trimmed. um, If you can trim your hair, I have to tell you, I had a, I had a client who for religious reasons, couldn't trim his hair. And I mentioned about trimming his hair and he actually was kind of upset about that and explained to me he couldn't. So I said, that's fine for religious reasons, if you can't, but other than that, you really should be grooming yourself because I think in that way, if you don't groom yourself, you want to have either clean shaven Um, There are actually articles out there that have done research and have said that facial hair in criminal cases, at least, can cause a negative inference and facial hair can cause you to be found guilty. Um, So you want to, if you can, if you're willing to shave it off, shave it off. If not, clean shaven, because I think that it just makes a better appearance and it shows the court you're taking them seriously and you're taking the hearing seriously. Yeah. Untrustworthy. I've heard there's studies about how people don't trust someone with facial hair uh, or a full beard or something to that effect, but it goes so far as I even, or even uh, piercings, nose piercings, tongue yeah. piercings, mouth, cheek, ear, uh, tattoos. I mean, yes, it, it's not a, I mean, I guess here's the thing as we're talking about it, it's not a judgment on your choice, but it is, again, we're trying to portray a certain uh, topic, a certain way about how this person looks at you, how they think about you. Can they trust you? What do you say? Does it, is it, is it a distraction? You know, it is, or does it send the message that the opposing party is trying to, to show, right? You may have a tattoo that says, I hate everyone. Okay. Or I fight, you know, whatever that is, or I, I think it is, you know, it's just very, you have to be very careful. Uh, a lot of gold jewelry, like gold, you know, uh, tooth fillings. And you're trying to say that you don't have any money. Don't wear a Rolex to, to the courthouse when you say you can't afford certain things. Don't drive your Jaguar. So, but, you know, the same goes for all that, right? Right, exactly. I have to tell you, I want to tell you a story, actually, where I actually use this against an opposing party. Um, she was wearing Christian Louboutin shoes and um, into the courtroom, she was asking for spousal maintenance, claiming that she couldn't afford anything. She was on the corner of the street before the hearing, talking to her friend about how she just bought 
these Christian Louboutins and didn't realize I was standing next to her. Mm -hmm. So then when I went in for the hearing, I talked about her Christian Louboutins that she just purchased for $1,400. So those type of things matter. Tattoos matter because tattoos are expensive. So if you come in there and it's a freshly done tattoo and you're claiming that you don't have money, they're, the opposing counsel is going to eat that up if it's clear that it's a fresh tattoo. So you want to cover right. those things up. Yeah. I mean, if it drug and alcohol, I mean, you know, I party, you know, it's just anything. It's, it's, <laughs> it's more, it's, yeah, I, I, wearing a shirt that's, you know, talks about drinking or whatever it is. Again, it's not a judgment on your lifestyle, but you're hiring your lawyer to put you in the best position possible to achieve your goals. No promises, right? But we try to to mold you in what we want to portray to the court. And I think that's why these topics are really good conversation pieces to have. Um, if you've ever watched, interestingly, the trial with the individual up in Wisconsin who, uh, who ran over a bunch of people at the parade. If you did, oh. I don't know if you watched that. Uh, I can't remember his name, but um, really interesting in that during the trial, he wore a suit every day. Now, he had these antics. It was crazy. He shaved his head clean, um, and he kept his beard trimmed well. So then he's found guilty. Three weeks later, hair's back, beard's full, back to kind of what he was during, you know, before the trial, and doesn't wear a suit, you know, takes his shirt off. And it's um, Daryl Brooks. That's it, Daryl Brooks. And it's just someone talked to him, someone prepped him about what, how he should appear before a jury because a judge is your jury. So we won't have, unless you're in Texas or Georgia, you don't have a jury um, potentially. So I think that's what's so key about, you know, he looked clean cut. How could he be a criminal? How could he have run some people over? He looks so nice. He's dressed so well. It's part of right. it. Right, exactly. So, so we talked about kind of some highlights about grooming. So what really, okay, now here's the thing. Here's the opportunity for everyone listening, watching. Get some paper out, get a pen or pencil. What should they wear to court? Now, I mean, I imagine everything's different and the issues are different. Judges particularly may be different. But there's a universal thing for me is that, and we'll talk about what not to wear, but ball caps, you can never wear a ball cap in court. But anyway, what should they wear? So in Arizona, and I do preface this, that you want to talk about this with your attorney because of jurisdiction, because I believe back East, you may want to wear a suit, but we'll talk about that. But you want to make sure you talk to your attorney about that. But definitely on the East, on the West Coast, where we're a little more laid back, what I have my clients wear, um, I have them wear basically like a turtleneck or V-neck, sorry, a V-neck sweater. And I tell them to either wear a polo underneath that or like a nice colored suit top with a tie if they want, but they don't have to. Um, And actually something that if they want to wear a suit coat, because some guys, they feel comfortable with that. What you're wearing actually right now is what I would tell somebody they could wear, which is again, a sweater with a nice collared shirt underneath and a jacket, like a, just a regular, you know, um, what is that? A dinner jacket type of sport coat jacket. But the key also is color. And so you want to avoid the black, you want to avoid the dark blues, you want to avoid dark brown, and you want to think, again, softer colors. Um, I particularly love men wearing lavender. I think that is just a color that any person can wear. Um, And guys look 
great in lavender personally. That's my opinion. I have yet to have a client that looked horrible in lavender. To me, it's just a universal color that every man can wear and pull off. Um, I think it exudes it exudes um, warmth, it, but it also exudes trust as mm-hmm. well. And so I love yeah. that color on men. But pant-wise, you always want to wear slacks or khakis, um, you know, pants, not khaki shorts. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, and then nice loafers and dress shoes. Um, but yeah. again, you don't want the, the colors that exude power and strength. Yeah. There's always, you know, it depends on even uh, if uh, aggression, you know, you're, you're being claimed as being aggressive. Those dark colors may exude aggression, black, all black. You know, we all have this unconscious bias about, okay, oh, I'm thinking, what does that all black mean? You know, there's certain things that you may think about, oh, a shooter, you know, someone who is always aggressive. I mean, again, it's all about what is the issue before you? What do you want to portray? Um, you know, and you, again, you don't want to wear expensive things. Or I had a client, uh, if we just talk about your actions in, in on the bench or uh, in, the, in the witness box about he would take his glasses off and he would put them in his mouth. And, it, and there's just this thing that it portrays. It's just kind of, or you're smarter than everybody else. It's just oddity. That's why we're, this is such an important conversation about it. I mean, flip-flops, that's a no. Oh, definitely a no. Even with slacks, even with a jacket, right? Even with a jacket, yeah. No yeah. flip flops, no sandals, no tennis shoes, no athletic shoes mm-hmm. in any way, shape, or form. Again, yeah. you want you want um, loafers or dress shoes, and um, no t-shirts, no type of casual shirt. So you shouldn't really come in a polo only. You know, yeah. really be like a polo underneath a sweater or underneath a sport coat, but not just a polo only. And then you obviously no jeans or any type of pants that are faded and have holes in them. They're, those are definitely things you don't want to wear. Yeah. And this can go for not just court appearances that, that may be in person, but Zoom, you know, or WebEx or Teams or even a video deposition. So you want to be careful about how you are portrayed on that video, whoever may watch it later on, right? Correct. Definitely. You always, anytime that you're going in front of and or participating in any activity that could eventually appear in front of the court, you want to make sure that you are addressed appropriately and you want to work with your attorney on that to make sure that you are portraying what you want to portray. So, you know, again, you don't, you want to just make sure you're not wearing something too expensive either. Um, yeah. we talked about that. No sunglasses. Even in court, I know your future is bright, but don't wear the sunglasses in court. No right? sunglasses. I, I don't even like the ones that transitions because sometimes they may transition, you know, not intentionally in court based upon the light. And I think it just, again, here's the focus. Judges want to be respected, whether they're do it or not, they want to be respected, right? It just, I'm just saying that because a lot of people will think differently about certain things, but I'm just saying respect, period. And I think certain things show disrespect. You know, they want to see your eyes. They want to see you looking at them. They want to see you look not threatening or doing something intentionally. They may think you wore something to send a message and you had no intention of doing so. And I think that's, this is why this is so important. I used to try jury trials and um, I was a prosecutor once and I did uh, the defense work, uh, not on the criminal side, but civil side. So I did a lot of jury work and and how my witnesses looked and how they behaved was so critical. No chewing gum. 
That's a big one. Nothing in your mouth. You know, be careful what you bring in. If you can bring in drinks, you know, all that matters. Um, and I know it's overlooked. Again, I've said it for years. I think it's overlooked appearance and presentation. Um, the law is the law. Judges can overlook the law, but don't give them another reason to avoid the facts, appearance and presentation. So, exactly. yep. Well, good stuff. It's a really great topic. I know we could go on and on about some of our stories about it, what to do and what not to do, but I think uh, it's great. So thanks for joining. You're welcome. So take this, have a conversation with your lawyer, you know, really, and if they have no interest in it, then you may have picked the wrong lawyer because I do think it matters. And, and I don't think anyone can say it doesn't matter. And who has been in court enough to understand the difference and see the reactions and the different uh, rulings with the same facts when you have a different type of witness, a different type of client. So make sure to ask that and say, look, let's talk about it. And uh, what should I do? And really think through what you're trying to send and what message, what strategy and the presentation that you have. It's again, it's the little things that put you in the right you know, position uh, to achieve your results. And all those little things put together, keep pushing you forward. So uh, topics like this, keep tuning in, subscribe to the podcast. You'll get alerted every time one drops. Check out our virtual town halls. We just had one uh, here uh, back in November. Our next one isn't until after the holiday season. We're going to do it again in January, so it gives you time where you can log on, log in, ask questions live of a panel for 30 minutes and get answers right then and there. No particular topic. We're just logging in and waiting for our questions. We'll try to give you answers. So if that interests you, check us out. You can go to cordellcordell.com, find more information about the next virtual town hall. You can go to our social media. There'll be announcements about our next virtual town hall as well. But more importantly, you can go to our YouTube channel. It is filled with information just like this. Great stuff. Just talking about the experience of our attorneys at Cordell and Cordell. So until next time, have a great week.